Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Social Security Talk, podcast that is sponsored by the National Social Security Association and the National Social Security Advisor Certificate Program. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm your co-host, Mark Kiner, the guy with the headphones and readers on for some odd reason. Jim Blair is the guy on the left or the right, depending on where he is on your screen. We both live out of, live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and our company is Premier Social Security Consulting. Jim, what's new in your world? Uh, not a whole lot new, just the same old stuff going on. It's uh, kind of warm out because it's it's a hot day, summertime. Uh, that's the way I like it, though. Maybe a, a little cooler, but uh, I'll take now, summer over winter anytime. I opened up my uh, deck door just to see what it's like out there. And it was pretty darn hot. It smacked <laughs> it was, you right in the face. It sure did. Anyway, our firm provides a couple of services to the public and to advisors across the country. Uh, the first service we provide is social security consulting. So when folks have questions about their social security claiming strategies, we can do a consultation for those clients. And we have a flat fee of $545. And we also educate advisors across the country offering the National Social Security Advisor Certificate after advisors take a, our, our training and take and pass our assessment. 5,000 advisors have taken our course so far since we began the class in January of 2013, and a total of about 2,700 have earned our certificate since that time period. In our class, we emphasize two little items. Eh, they're really pretty big items, aren't they, Jim? A few, yeah. We emphasize situational social, social security because we know that there are 70, around 76 million baby boomers out there. Two of them are talking to you today in this podcast. And, and if you were to, and every, every one of your clients and, 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 and all the, all the public folks out there, they all, all have different situations that are unique to them. Jim, what else do we uh, emphasize in our class? Well, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about uh, benefits. Uh, we, yeah, we yeah, cover cold. full retirement age. Not sure what you're looking for there. <laughs> Probing Social Security uh, questions. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Got to give a guy a hint. Okay. So in other words, in our class, we go over the types of questions that advisors need to be aware of uh, to ask their clients uh, so they get more money out of the Social Security system. All right, Jim, I won't trick you anymore. All right. But it's work. your turn to trick me now if you want to. Our website, if you want to learn more about our education, is www.premiernssa.com. That is Nancy, Sam, Sam, Apple. And we offer our class three ways, live in person, live webinars, and taped on-demand videos. All right. So, Jim, let's talk about some social, social security stuff. How does that sound? That'll work. That's what uh, people are looking for, I think. Let's talk first about the restricted application. It's going away, and 
we you have not really met with anybody who can who who any new clients who can still find the restricted application in several months. Is that right? Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked to anybody uh, for a, a new application with the restricted app. It's it's got a little bit of life left in it, but not much. Uh, you had to be born by January 1st of 1954 to still be eligible to take advantage of the restricted application. Well, anybody born on that day will attain age 70 in December and no longer looking at filing a restricted application. So uh, by the end of this year, everybody that was eligible for it will have aged out of it and just be drawing on their own anyway. I have to make some major changes to our PowerPoint for two, our 2024 video uh, recording, Jim. I've got to take out a whole bunch of references to the restricted application. Jim, what, did the, what does the restricted application allow you to do? The nice thing about it was it allowed an individual who was full retirement age to file for spousal benefits instead of their own. The advantage of that is they still earned delayed retirement credits. That's that 8% a year increase that you receive by delaying benefits past your full retirement age. But in the meantime, you drew benefits off of your spouse. Now, how much did you draw? Well, it was dependent upon your spouse's work history. You were eligible for half of their full retirement age benefit. So if your spouse was eligible for $2,000 a month, you could draw $1,000 a month. If your spouse was eligible for $2,500, you could get $1,250. So it was all based on uh, their benefit at their full retirement age. But still, in the meantime, you earned delayed retirement credits. And at age 70, you would switch to your own and your benefits already 32% higher. You know, when I talk to new clients that, that call me, I ask them a whole bunch of questions. First question I ask is, how do you find out about us? Name, of course, yeah. that comes into handy. And they always tell me, you know, they refer to us, refer to us, Jim, by financial advisor or maybe a uh, CPA, whatever, or they Googled and they found us that way. But then I ask other questions. Um, how old are you? When, you when, when were you born? Are you married? Are both spouses eligible for benefits? And what I'm trying to get at, you know, I'm trying to find out who they are and, and what the issues are. But by asking those types of questions, Jim, I sometimes come across a situation whereby there's a husband and wife. Husband was born by their magic birth date of 1154. And, and the wife is also eligible for her own benefits. And she's over age, uh, let's say she's age 67. Let's just say that. So one strategy that, that, that you will talk about when you do an analysis is for the wife to go back to apply for benefits, go back six months, she'll get a nice lump sum check. The husband then would also apply for benefits and he'll go back six months. Oh, no, let me rephrase that, Jim. <laughs> he'll apply, uh, he'll do a restricted application, apply for benefits off of her work record and get a spousal benefit. And he'll go back six months with that spousal benefit. So, so she'll get a six months of a lump sum benefit payment. He'll get six months of a lump sum of restrict of the, uh, of a spousal benefit by following the restricted application. And then Jim, as you know, when he turns 70, then he'll turn his benefits on. And he'll get all of his delayed retirement credits. So in that case, going back six months kind of makes makes a lot of sense. Jim, I received a phone call, uh, well, probably an email from one of our advisors the other day. 
And they were telling me that the social security rep told one of their clients to uh, that a six months worth of retroactive benefits was available. So, and I, I kind of, and he said, "Is that normal? Do they do they do that?" And I say, "Yeah, they, they may they come, may come back and say they can go back six months, get a nice lump sum check." But Jim, what do they fail to say? Well, what they should be saying, and hopefully they do, but oftentimes they they don't mention, is that you're giving up delayed retirement credits. So if you go back six months, you're giving up. 4% increase in your social security benefit. So it depends on what's most important, the, the lump sum payment or the higher benefit. If somebody say is applying and you can apply up to four months in advance. So I'm four months from age 70. I call social security. I file an application and they say, you know, you can go back six months. Well, six months from the day I file plus the four months I'm far away from uh, my age 70, that's a 10 month, uh, delayed retirement credit that I'm giving up. And at two thirds of 1%, that's about 6%. Uh, don't check my math, but I, I think it's 6%. I would be giving up of an increase in my monthly benefit amount. If I'm going to wait till 70 anyway, odds are I'm not going to take the lump sum, but I will look at the amount of money. Uh, what's my monthly benefit amount? They need to tell me that. Uh, what is the amount of the back pay? And then what would my benefit be if I waited till 70 and I'll have to figure out which is the best way for me to go? Usually, Jim, if there's a uh, an opportunity to take a lump sum payment versus getting those delayed retirement credits, I would tell somebody just get those DRCs and, and forgo the lump sum because if the higher income earner uh, gets all, all those delayed retirement credits, that upon his or her death, the surviving spouse will get more money also for the rest of their life. Exactly. There's, there's very few reasons I would suggest take to take the lump sum. One would be that one example that I just, ta- I just talked about fi- a few minutes ago. The wife goes back six months, she got a lump sum for her benefit. Husband goes back, goes back six months for the restricted app, he'll get a nice lump sum. Not giving anything up in that case. Uh, it's true she is giving up some DRCs, but you know, but 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 uh, he's able to file that restricted application effective six months ago. Jim, I bring out your cloudy crystal ball. Between now and the end of the year, how many new clients are you going to be meeting with that uh, uh, ha- that will have one spouse that was born by one one and fifty four? How many do you think you'll meet with? Based on what I've been saying, I may not meet with any. It's it's very possible that would be zero. But if it if there's a number in there, it's going to be one or two. It's going to be very yeah. small. I'm going to say two. But honestly, Jim, I doubt that's even going to happen. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the annual earnings test. That was the main topic I wanted to talk about today. And that's because, Jim, you and I received so many questions from our advisors about the annual earnings test not only from our advisors, but just the public that has questions about it. Jim, at one time you told me that 25% of the time of a social security rep was uh, spent dealing with the annual earnings test. Am I right? Is that a correct stat, Jim? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, based on my recollection, that's that's about right. 
it's an important rule for people to understand because it, if you don't understand it, you could end up becoming overpaid and then you may have to pay a lot of money back. Uh, if you're not still working at the time, they may be asking you to pay you back your Social Security benefits. And that's uh, just one of the biggest sources of your income in retirement. So you want to make sure you understand how that works so you don't become overpaid and that Social Security gets their money because they're going to get it one way or the other uh, and you're not harming yourself. So, Jim, tell me what these two figures have in common. 21,240 and 56,520. What do these those figures have in common? Uh, the thing they have in common is neither one of them represent what I have in my bank account, I think. Oh, that's not what you're looking for there. Yeah, I don't have that in my <laughs> bank account either, Jim. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> now, that's the, the annual earnings test amount. That's depending on your age. That's how much you're allowed to earn before it affects your Social Security benefits. So $21,240 is the amount you can earn before it affects your benefits for people up to the year before they reach their full retirement age. And the 56,520 is the amount you're allowed to earn before it affects your benefits the year you attain your full retirement age. So, Jim, I turned my full retirement age in June of 2022. Uh, I was born in 56. My full retirement age uh, is 66 and four months. So isn't there a role, Jim, that says the month that you, I want to say turn your full retirement age, even though it's kind of attained, but the month you turn full retirement age, the earnings test goes away. Is, Is that correct? That is correct. The month that you turn your full retirement age, uh, the earnings test no longer applies. Doesn't matter what you earn, uh, you are eligible to receive your benefit. It's just for folks who are receiving Social Security benefits before their full retirement age and decide to that they want to do some work. They're the ones affected by the earnings test. And that's one reason, Jim, why I decided to claim my benefits in June of 2022, because then the earnings test does not apply to me. I can go into my boss's office, Jim, and I can knock, knock, who's there? And I can say, I'd like a pay raise because I don't have to worry about the earnings test anymore. So that's one reason why I took my benefits at my full retirement age. The other right. reason is, Jim, I've used this for that money. I can pay estimated taxes. I can invest it, pay, pay down some bills. I use that money, Jim, to pay my, my car loan off. And I was really excited about that. So... The earnings test applies whenever you are receiving a Social Security benefit prior to turning uh, the month you turn your full retirement age. The, and it will t- apply to everybody. Uh, single folks, married couples, it will apply to surviving spouses. There's no such thing as a death exception. It will apply to kids receiving a child's benefit. Jim, does the earnings test apply to folks receiving SSDI? It does not. It applies to every benefit except Social Security disability. Disability has their own rules about working. Uh, you're supposed to be unable to work and earn what Social Security calls substantial gainful activity. So that's all based around uh, a dollar amount, uh, and it's separate from the earnings test. 
But as you mentioned, the earnings test applies to retirement benefits, spousal benefits, widows and widowers, surviving divorce spouse benefits, even children. So uh, a lot of people are affected by it, but like not Jim, the disability well, folks. Like Jim, what you said earlier, the 21,240 figure will apply uh, while, uh, at, at age 62, 63, 64, and through December 31st of the year, that year age 65. And then the 56,520 figure will apply, like you said, the year that you turn full retirement age. So if you're subject to the 21,240 earnings test, for every $2 you earn over that amount, you'll lose $1 in benefits. So let's say I'm, I'm 10,000 bucks over that amount. So Social Security will withhold $5,000 of benefits. Jim, when do I get that $5,000 back? Well, a lot of people think you receive it when you reach full retirement age and Social Security will send you a nice fat lump sum check. Not true. What happens is when you file for benefits before your full retirement age, Social Security will uh, apply in a, a reduction factor against your benefit equal or based on, I should say, the number of months that you start benefits before full retirement age. Just as a, a good example, if your full retirement age is 67 and you take benefits at age 62, that's a 60 month reduction of benefits. So you're going to see uh, you only receive 70% of your full retirement age benefit. Well, what happens if they with, withhold some of your money any month that you don't receive a full check? Either your entire check was withheld or even a partial month check was withheld. They call that a credit month. And they will give you credit when you reach full retirement age and they'll adjust that reduction factor. So our person that filed at 62, between 62 and 67, maybe they only receive six checks a year. So when they reach age 67, Social Security would go back and look and say, oh, when you first filed for benefits, we reduced your benefit based on 60 months uh, and you only received 30 checks. So we're changing that reduction factor from 60 to 30. Now, instead of your benefit being reduced uh, 30%, it's reduced maybe around 15%. So you'll yeah, see an increase in your monthly benefit amount. And that's a permanent increase for the rest of your life. And then the year you turn full retirement age, earnings test goes up to 56520 And that, um, that test will, will, uh, uh, will start on January 1st of the year you turn full retirement age and will end with the end of the month prior to turning full retirement age. So it's not for the whole year. And if you go over over 56520 Social Security will withhold $1 for every $3 you go, you go over that amount. Uh, Jim, what type of earnings are we looking at? What's well, earned income? So you work for someone, you have a wage. You uh, you're paid a wage that counts if you're self it's your gross wage. In fact, uh, before any pre-tax deductions, if you're self-employed, it's based on your net profit. But other sources of income doesn't count. Uh, if you receive a pension from a company, that doesn't count for the earnings test. Uh, draws from your 401k or IRA doesn't count. Uh, stock option income doesn't count, even though technically that's earned income. Uh, it's received after your employment relationship has terminated. 
Uh, and so any income received after your re relationship is terminated, you know, you quit your job the end of the month, the next month, you're going to receive your last paycheck, uh, maybe some vacation pay, sick pay, even severance pay. Uh, that's all earned income, but because it's received after your employment relationship ended, it won't count towards the earnings test. Perfect. Jim, just briefly uh, discuss the monthly test, please. Well, the monthly test is there for folks who retire in the middle towards the end of the year, so they're not penalized. Oddly enough, when we talk about the annual test, that counts all of your income from January through December, even if you're not eligible for a benefit until July. So someone works January through June, they retire June 30th, want to start their Social Security in July. But in those first six months of the year, they earned uh, $61,240. That means annually they went over $40,000. And if we just use that annual test, Social Security would say, we have to withhold $20,000 before we pay you anything. Well, that's not really fair to those folks. So there's a rule that you can use and you can only use it one time. Uh, within the year. You can use it several months within a year, but it's within your uh, normally first year retirement. Not always. doesn't have to be, but for most folks it is. And Social Security says that, okay, if you go over the allowed amount, the 21240 any month you earn $1,770 or less, we'll pay you anyway. So you work January through June, you're way over you start your benefits in July. You don't go over 1770 July through December in any of those months. You'll still get paid every month, July through December. Um, the, the 1770 is simply 21,240 divided by 12. Uh, the year you reach full retirement age, you're allowed to earn 56,520. The monthly test goes to 4710. Okay, great, Jim. That's a great uh, example of the earnings test. Definitely, when it comes to the to the to how the monthly test works, uh, Jim, folks should tell. So, when you apply for benefits, uh, there will be a question on the application of what your earnings will be for the year. Is that correct? Yeah, that's one of the questions. How much do you think you earn? And if you're towards the end of the year, uh, around uh, November, December, they're going to ask you, "What do you think you earn next year?" Now. Who knows? That's a long way off to give a guess as to how much you think you're going to earn. Lots of things could happen, but they want you to give your best guess. They know it's an estimate. And what Social Security advises, and I agree with this, you should make it as accurate as possible, but you might want to go over a little bit. Uh, that way, Social Security may withhold a little bit more than they need to, but when the year is over and next year gets here, They'll settle up with you, and if they withheld more than they needed to, they'll pay that back to you. If you underestimate, well, you're going to end up owing them money. So that's why it's a little better, as accurate as possible, but overestimate just a little bit. And each year, Social Security will, uh, where they send you a letter asking what your earnings will be for the, for the, for the following year? Yes, they, they'll send you a letter and, and ask you. Uh, but folks just need to remember to just call. And if you give them an estimate and you find out a few months down the road that estimate was wrong, either it's too low or too high, you can call and adjust that. Just call the Social Security 800 number, 800-772-1213, and just tell them, 
I need to, to change my uh, estimate for this year, and they'll put a new one on the record for you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our discussion on the earnings test as much as we did. I wish that the earnings test would just go away. And that's because this shouldn't, the question should not be when do you want to stop working in order to receive your Social Security benefit. The question should just be when do you want to begin your benefits. Work should not be an issue. But for now, it is. If you're collecting a benefit prior to uh, reaching your full retirement age month, you will be subject. You will be subject to the annual earnings test. Thanks so much for listening to this installment of Social Security Talk. I'm Mark Kiner. My partner is Jim Blair. Our the main service that we provide is uh, Social Security Education, and we offer the National Social Security Advisor Certificate. After a day of intense training, and the training is done by myself, done by Jim Blair, and also done by our good friend, Harold. After a day of training, advisors will take a test. After they pass the test, they'll earn the NSSA certificate. Joining 2,700 folks across the country that have earned our certificate so far. To get more information about our educational program, please visit our website, Premier nssa.com send me an email mkiner k-i-n-e-r at mypremierplan.com give me a buzz my direct line is 513-247-0526 please connect with me on LinkedIn go to your LinkedIn uh, page send me a connection a connection request that's marked with a C kiner k-i-n-e-r I post a lot of good content to to LinkedIn. So, Jim, a final comment you'd like to make? Uh, just make sure that if you're filing for benefits and you're under full retirement age, that you're aware of this earnings test so you don't become overpaid. And uh, just uh, make sure that uh, Social Security is kept aware of your situation. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you being here with me today. This now ends this installment of Social Security Talk. Till next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.